Hi everyone, thank you for joining me and Jessica today on this webinar. Top news from Gradcracker this week is that we still have lots and lots of roles going live and we continue to welcome new employers to the site. We also have lots of opportunities with urgent deadlines, 500 different jobs which will be closing for applications at the end of October, 500 jobs with multiple opportunities. So now is a time to apply. On today's webinar, we welcome Arup. So thank you very much, Arup, for welcoming for joining us today. Um, we're joined by Becca, who's the Early Career Specialist, Melissa, who's been at Arup for only a few weeks, Abdul, who has been there for seven months, and Jambi, who's a more experienced graduate. Arup has been working with Gradcracker now for over 13 years, and today we're going to be hearing from Melissa, Abdul and Janvi all about their experiences. Melissa will have more of a focus on the recruitment process, and Janvi and Abdul about their experiences as graduates. So let's start with you, Becca. So could you introduce yourself to the audience and tell the students a little bit more about you and your role um, and involvement with early careers? Sure. Um, thank you very much for having me. Um, so I'm Becca. I'm an early careers recruiter at Arup. I'm part of a, a really small and mighty team of recruiters. So there's five of us um, in the UK who manage the recruitment for all of our graduates, internship and apprenticeship vacancies in the UK. Um, so we work with hiring teams across Arup to promote their roles so that um, so that we can go through to universities and um, open office events, campus events, etc. And we manage the recruitment process um, from shortlisting right through to offer stage. Um, so we work really closely with candidates um, throughout the recruitment process, particularly around assessment centre stage, um, just to ensure everyone is fully prepared. Perfect. And give the, give the audience who are watching an overview of Arup, if you can. Sure. Um, so Arup is a, a global uh, consultancy which specialises in engineering, design and the wider built environment. So it's dedicated to sustainable development and it's really unique in the consulting marketplace and um, because it's owned by trusts. So that means that the beneficiaries are Arup's employees. Um, so all of Arup's employees receive a share of the firm's operating profit each year. Um, and Arup is also not on the stock market. Yeah. Um, so um, Arup, in terms of you know graduate recruitment, Arup recruits on average around 600 graduates, um, interns and apprentices in the UK each year. Um, and we have roles um, across a wide range of disciplines from structural, electrical, mechanical engineering through to ecology, sustainability, project management, etc. Um, so there really is something for everyone. So um, although we're a firm uh, centred around engineering and the built environment, we also recruit from non-STEM backgrounds for our STEM roles. Um, we hire from all sorts of kind of degree disciplines um, as long as you have a, a passion for sustainability and the built environment. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of opportunities, lots of roles open to everybody. So all our STEM students on Gradcracker can apply to the Arab opportunities, which leads perfectly on to my next my next um, section of the webinar. So right now on the Arab Company Hub on Gradcracker, they are open to their applications for their graduate opportunities. And um, so there's nearly 40 opportunities in total. And as we all know by now, 40 opportunities means um, multiple um people per opportunity can apply and will be, you know, can apply to the positions. So like Becca just mentioned, there's lots and lots of choice on there at the moment. So the roles include things like rail sustainability, building services, highways, acoustics, water, digital advisory, and many, many more. Um, so there is definitely something for you. The full details of the roles, including locations, can be found on the job descriptions on the hubs on Gradcracker. The 
undergraduate opportunities, so the placements, internships will be opening on the 7th of December, and also the degree apprenticeships will be opening at the end of November. So make sure you go to the Arab Hub and follow them to be alerted to the placements um, and opportunities when they do open. So speaking of the Hub, make sure you get there after this webinar. There's lots and lots of information on there um, that you can head over to and thoroughly research Arab before you apply to their positions. So make sure you go, follow, apply and find out even more about them. So Becca, coming back to you now. So thinking from an early careers point of view, why are recruiting grads, interns, degree apprentices so important to, grad to Arab? Sure. Um, so graduates um, now are our future leaders, future experts in their fields. So we um, see fresh perspectives, kind of diverse thought, often fresh out of uni. They'll be exposed to all the latest theories, um, practices, technologies, etc. Um, and of course, coming straight out of uni, they'll want to put what they've learned into practice. So this is a huge benefit to Arup um, as an organisation. Um, it helps the firm evolve and always remain expert in our field. Um, and of course, kind of younger generation and those who have just graduated from uni are often more kind of agile, maybe quicker to adapt and more open to, to learning new things as well. So that helps the firm uh, stay ahead of the curve. Um, and um, those who have been with Arab maybe a little bit longer can learn a lot from our early careers cohorts as well. Yeah, definitely. And what would you say the unique points of Arab that students um, might not know about and why they should apply? Um, well, I mentioned one already, um, just around it being a, a trust-owned firm, um, which I think, um, as I said, it makes it really unique in, in the marketplace. So in terms of actually having shares into the operating profit, um, but it also means that you are an Arab member, so everyone has a say in the future um, of the business, um, with, which I think is a big selling point. Um, the other one is just the focus on sustainability. Um, it's at the heart of absolutely everything we do. Um, there's no kind of business choices made without um, sustainability being considered um, and um, and this goes for all of our projects and what, what we agree to work on as well. Yeah, perfect. We're going to find out a little bit more about those projects later on. Um, but for now, Becca, thank you very much for that introduction. Let's go now and meet the panel and just find out a little bit more about them. So, Melissa, I'm going to come to you first. I know you've only been at Arup for, for a couple of weeks, um, but tell everybody where you went to university and also what did you study? Uh, yeah, so hi, I'm Melissa. I went to Bristol University and I studied electrical and electronic engineering. Perfect. Thank you very much, Melissa. Janvi? Hi, I'm Janvi. Uh, I went to University of Oxford. I studied uh, integrated masters in general engineering. Lovely. And Abdul? Hi, my name is Abdul and I went to the University of Leeds and studied aerospace engineering. Fantastic. Lots of different universities, lots of different backgrounds now. And on to the quick fire round. I think Beck and Melissa gave your fact away, but we'll, we'll... <laughs> I, saw you, I saw you nodding and smiling, so I was just like, I hope you get another one. Um, so um, coming to you, Becca, tell us about your top fact about Arup. Um, so my top fact, um, it's, it's quite a funny one, is that um, after 10 years, um, so a 10 year anniversary at Arup, you will receive a bar of silver. Um, and this goes back to the first person's 10 year anniversary where someone's assistant was sent out to, to purchase something with a budget. And this is what they came back with. So that's remained a, a tradition um, throughout. So that's what you receive on your 10 year anniversary. Oh, love that. Different. Didn't know that until today. Thank you very much, Becca. Um, Melissa. Um, so you can go uh, to any Arab office in the country and work from there. So, for example, next week, I'm going to visit my sister over the weekend and then I won't go back on the Sunday night. I'll stay on the Monday, work in the Arab office in London, and then get the train up afterwards. 
Lovely. Before this prep session, me and Jess were just mentioning we've been to Arup in Manchester, Birmingham, and London. A lot of your offices. (laughs) Thanks very much for that, Melissa. Jambi, on to you. Uh, mine is that Arup was founded by someone called Ovarup, which um, he w- he was an engineer as well as a philosopher. And that kind of creates the people first culture, Arup, which I think is hard to picture when you're not working at a company. But definitely once you're in it, you can tell that they look at you as a person and not just an employee, which is really nice. Love it. Definitely. Thank you very much. Abdul? Uh, my fun fact. Oh, well, in so in Arup, we have this thing called Invest in Arup. So like we said, we are employee owned. So a part of our profits are left as this research bot and if you have an idea which can contribute to the business needs and you can draft a proposal you can go and they'll allocate a budget for you to sort of research what you want to so there's a it's a good way for you to grow personally in career as well as for the company to grow as well fantastic perfect perfect introduction jess i'm going to hand over to you Brilliant. Thanks, Carla. So, Melissa, I'm going to come to you first. Um, So my question to you is, could you tell us a bit about your current role? Um, But I know it's hard for you to kind of answer this one. Because like I say, the process and, you know, everything you've been doing at Arup has only kind of lasted us four or five weeks. Is it week five you're in? Um, I started on the 4th of September. So we're we're getting through it now. Getting through it now, yeah. (laughs) So what's life like for you at Arup at just starting, settling in? Uh, Tell us what life's been like for you. Um, It's been really good. I've been like uh integrated really well into the team put on uh put on a lot of different uh kind of projects uh so i'm um in the building services um sector doing electrical engineering yeah. um and i've been put on a range of projects so far um so one example is uh, uh toronto airport they're redoing the runway lights so we're not just doing like um projects within the uk we do them internationally as well Right. Okay. Wow. So kind of looking back almost the last 12 months, you were probably applying about this, this time last year. Yeah. Can you believe that you are now here helping design (laughs) (laughs) at Toronto airport? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I bet that is an incredible feeling for you. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Um, and you do get um, the support you need, but you also get like given your tasks and expect to do them. So you're not sort of being like hen- like baby through it or everything. You're you're doing actual work. Yeah, that's a really good point, Melissa. Let's talk about that as well in terms of kind of that um, what say a recruiter would call like the onboarding process. Mm-hmm. So you know what has that been like for you? And you know again, you've been handed quite a a good exciting project to work on already um but yeah what was the feeling like when you're given these projects do you feel like you've got that support and what's the kind of team like that you're working in as well yeah definitely so within each project is so different um Mm -hmm. but for like this example um the the Manchester engineers that are working on it there's only a few of us um so I will always be working with someone on a particular task and always get that support I need if if Mm -hmm. I've got questions or anything yeah definitely and do you feel like you've come up against any kind of concerns just yet and you were maybe in a situation where you think oh I don't know the answer to this what do I do and how did you kind of go about tackling that situation uh yeah sometimes well for example because Toronto's what seven eight hours behind Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm not going to get the answer I need um we've got loads of different support mechanisms so within uh, engineering we have uh, 
technical forum so I can just post on a team's channel I was a bit scared at first to ask a stupid question but someone will get back to me um across the country and then now even now even though I've only got a bit of experience I'll be replying to some other people if they've they've got questions and I know the answer yeah do you know and that's what it's like now it's it's getting started is it once you've started you're creating that little bit of a network you've got someone to ask it builds after that so it'll be exciting to see where you'll be at so this time next year you know yeah. how your confidence will be and you'll be working through these projects like you know easy um so well done Melissa um so Janvi I'm going to come to you next um if you could tell us a bit about your current role and what life is like for you at Arab yep so I'm a grad plus one electrical engineer in building services so that just means I started just over a year ago um and yeah in my team I'm I'm in the London office and the London office is split kind of into four teams uh, mm-hmm. and that's based mainly on the types of projects that we do so in my team it's mainly commercial projects and rail projects um I've mainly only had an experience in the commercial side of things that's a lot of office refurbishments um and like decarb decarbonization studies on like how we can um decentralize and decarbonize the like current offices in London because it's quite a big um, issue as like um, buildings are trying to move away from gas into electricity as electrical engineers we have to make sure that we've got the capacity to do that and and make it happen Um, so yeah I think I yeah I I can very much mirror what Melissa's saying from a year ago and it does very much still feel like I'm still learning Um, but I think exactly what she said is you're never really without support um I think the main difference a year on is that you don't really have a a direct buddy um helping out on each project that you're on but you still have the network of buddies that you have had over the last year um and you can always go to anyone in Arab at all um for for any help in in your projects day to day yeah definitely am I right in thinking Arab you've got though is it reverse mentoring it's kind of so when you start you have a buddy um who helps you with both just like admin side of stuff and then they're usually on your project as well so they'll be your your direct point of call um but I wouldn't say there's like a necessarily set reverse mentoring process but anyone can ask anyone for help so sometimes you have more senior people coming to you sometimes it's the other way around but it's very much just like if you have a question just ask so John for going back to kind of your initial attraction then to Arab because you know Becca you mentioned you're looking for candidates that have got an interest in sustainability and you know that that passion that drive for, you know to think about the future and the changes that are coming our way so was that a, an attraction for you then Janvi to apply to Arab initially I think definitely um as I said I did a general engineering degree so I haven't been Uh, I hadn't been specialised at uni um, and kept it quite broad. And I think I'm still an electrical engineer um, at Arup, but you do get exposed to like all the other elements of a building and how it's designed and all the projects are so different. But the focus being sustainability, I think kind of just brings that all together as a whole. So you can take all your experience in all the other areas, but the the main goal is the same. Um, And yeah, I think that definitely resonates when you're talking about, especially the early level project discussions, you can tell that, everyone is, is quite aligned in the values that you're trying to achieve with each project, which is really important. Yeah. Which is really good. So Jambi, you've yeah. mentioned obviously the last um, 12 months, you've focused more on kind of the commercial side projects and things like that. So is that a decision that you made? Is that something that you wanted to do? Um, or could you have taken different paths and be exposed to different projects, but you kind of have that drive and that focus in that particular area? 
I think um, definitely initially when you start, it's more just what there's available um, and they yeah. don't know you that well yet. So they mm -hmm. put you on where there's resourcing, um, but you can absolutely guide that. So we have a resourcing team per like small uh, discipline and it's very much up to you to voice um, where you want your career to go and what kind of things you want to learn. Um, so I think, yeah. I'm now at a stage after having been there a year where I have a bit of a clearer picture of the projects I'd like to be on, which is why mm. I'm doing a bit more of the decarbonisation studies. Um, and yeah, I would quite like to work a bit more in rail. It's more just to like make sure you're getting a broad perspective mm. of everything initially so that you can make those decisions slightly later on um, mm. in your in your career. Yeah. And that's the beauty of doing a grad programme like this, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's trying to get that experience to understand, you know. And I think sometimes students... Um, you know, when they are applying to these opportunities, it's all right kind of still not to know just yet, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. There's that worry of you, you need to know everything. You've got to know exactly where you want to be in the next 10 years. But it's OK, because this is exactly what the program's all about. Um, so for you, Janvi, you know, have you kind of grew, um, jumped from team to team of the last year? Or have you kind of also kind of stayed within a similar team? So the grad... I'd say with Arup, it's not really like a program per se, but you're a grad for about two years. Um, and within that, they have certain things, especially as building services engineers, um, where you do rotations into different teams uh, or with different um, companies just to learn a bit more. So one of those things is you do an internal rotation into any team that you like in Arup, just to get an idea of how they work um, and how you can like maybe work with them in your day-to-day -day life as well. So mm -hmm. I did that team, I did that rotation into the sustainability team in London as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was looking at a lot of like whole life carbon calculations and the kind of legislation related around that. Um, and the main aim of that was to try and see how normal building services engineering can be tied in with specifically sustainability um, projects. Um, and yeah, so that, that's just an example of what you can do, but you can do it into anything. You can go into like the water team, you can go into the, um, I don't know, like infrastructure team. There, there's, there's, yeah. there's like so many options. Uh, so that's like within the first two years. And then at the end of the two years, they um, at, at least in the London office, they do something called grad swap. So my team, the commercial and rail team will swap their grads with maybe the arts and culture team or the data center team. Oh, really? And then that gives you a chance to really get exposed to like other types of projects. But usually within the first two years, you, you stay within your team and you can do like little placements outside of that, but you're, you're still within your, your main focus team. Interesting. So if you were to do that grad swap, how long would you be in that role for? In that As long as you like, again. Oh, so really? um, oh. yeah, after the two years you rotate, but your career direction, again, it's up to you. You just have to voice where you want to go and like why you want to do that and usually as long as there's space for you um then yeah. it's okay yeah it, it, I'm gonna kind of ask this sort of to all of you I guess but in terms of becoming chartered as well in the future you know are you thinking about that personally Jan V is this something that you, you know you're wanting to do and is this why you kind of trying to expose yourself to different things and thinking about the future in that way as well is that it's yeah it's on the horizon still I'd yeah. say yeah as like a grad plus one you're still quite early on um it's usually something that you do maybe after like four to five years of experience but it's it's kind of in the back of your mind making sure you're getting that exposure to diverse projects making sure you're doing like the training necessary um but you also have a mentor for that as well that's mm -hmm. assigned to you as soon as you start so Melissa would probably have one already um and yeah they make it very clear what kind of things you need to do along the way but it's not necessarily something you're directly preparing for because it it does naturally happen as you stay in the, mm. the, the role um for a few years 
Perfect. Brilliant. Great stuff. We'll come back to you in a bit more detail, uh, Janvi, about projects and again, um, the exciting stuff that you've done over the last year. But um, Abdul, I'm going to come to you next. Similar kind of question. What is life like for you at Arup and what's your current role like um, at the moment? Uh, yeah. So my current role is structural mechanical engineer, um, which is not very clear as to what I do, but so my team usually works on a lot of variety of different things. So within the main team, there are sort of disciplines, which okay. include uh, there's moving structures, there is seismic design, there is also an automotive team, which uh, which was actually a surprise to me when I joined because I always thought of Arab as like just a structural company, but I didn't know that they actually do a lot of automotive work, which mm-hmm. is something I'm actually working on right now. Um, but yeah, um, for me, my role, like keep in mind seven months experience. So uh, I've actually had a lot of different projects in that time. I've gone through like four different projects and um, it's been qu- quite an interesting time because I don't feel like any project was the same as the last one. I've always learned something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I'll say is it wasn't like whenever I was working on a project, it wasn't just like I was being told what to do. It was almost like you were part of the process. So we were sort of, in this example, we were designing sort of wind mitigation. And so in a lot of those meetings, it's quite often it's like, oh, uh, what do you think? What do you think what you could do? And what would you design and test? And then we would test those designs and actually present them to the client. And that was something that's really stuck with me. It's like, it doesn't matter how early you are, whether you're a grad or apprentice or you're senior, everyone's input is very valued and that's something that I really enjoy about Arab. Yeah and you know it seems as though you know from what you've said already just in the first 20 minutes mm. whether it be a project or it's kind of the whole, the whole ethos of uh, Arab that's what mm. it's all about it's about getting everyone involved everyone's got mm. a voice everyone wants to listen mm. um, which is really really interesting how that even kind of filters right in through to day-to-day projects and everything else and mm. um, so Abdul you've mentioned automotive so mm-hmm. yeah, talk a bit about that. And yeah, I've never expected you to to say that either. So what have you been working on there? So we sort of look at non-linear analysis, essentially um, was crash analysis of vehicles. So sort of looking at the impact of uh, how to design these vehicles to be more safe, right. um, which, which is something I'm still getting to grips with. So I might say some things that are not exactly 100%, but it's essentially... Um, I think everyone's at least once watched a video of a car going ramping into a wall just mm-hmm. for safety testing. So it's essentially simulating those tests over time. So when the actual model gets built, it is within certain safety parameters. So that's sort of the work we do sort of looking at. Um, this is actually a project I'm working on right now is like human body models where you have this model of an human being with like the whole skeletal structure and every internal organ and muscle and then you look at sort of the impact of the crash and whether how safe was it how did the safety systems work properly did they when they deployed what was sort of the injury risk to set person depending on age so that's sort of thing we do with the automotive i didn't realize again that Arup would be involved in that kind of consultancy as well and working with you know the in the automotive sector that's incredible so in your kind of day-to-day project then is it quite hands-on do you actually get to see and kind of see these crashes and then look at the data and are you quite uh, hands-on or is it kind of off-site that you'll you'll see um, 
it's all sort of simulation work. So it's all uh, computer-based work. So there's a, uh, it's a lot of reading papers and sort of looking through a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's really something that, well, as, as an aerospace engineer, when I did aerospace engineering, I never really thought that I'd be doing this kind of work, and yeah. which is, which is like a completely different field. So like, like I said, I did aerospace engineering. So it's not something that's very closely related to like biomedical stuff. But I find mm -hmm. that there's a lot of papers that we have available internally, a lot of resources, and it's just learning something really new and something really unique. And it's, it's yeah. been so much fun. Yeah, just definitely. trying to figure it all out. But yeah. Do you know what? And this is, again, why I find, you know, hearing your story is so exciting because from personally my point of view at the moment, speaking to students at the moment, you know, doing a lot of, you know, speaking to final year students, telling them all about the amazing opportunities that companies like Arab have. And it's like, Melissa, you're doing it now. Where you were this time last year yeah. to where you are now and the experiences you're going to have. And Abdul, you're just a perfect example of that. You know, you, you didn't realise that you'd be doing this, doing the discipline, doing, you know, the degree that you've done. You'll now be working on projects like this. To me, I just find it so exciting. Imagine where you're going to be in five, ten years' time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really, really good. Really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so, Melissa, um, I know you are kind of, again, as we've said, really early stage of your um, kind of journey so far. Um, but I don't know if you want to kind of add anything to kind of what you've been up to. I know we kind of touched upon it, but is there a particular experience that you've had that you feel like you want to talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, so... Literally last night, I was Ooh. on a site uh, at uh, the okay. Barclay Centre in, in uh, Cheshire. And I'm not on that project, but someone in my team uh, said this would be interesting for you to see. Well, count it as training time. Um, so I got to go and watch uh, some fire alarm testing. And it's just useful to see in context um, what a site looks like, what we might be looking out for. And um, and like there was a bit like a cross discipline with mechanical there as well. So you get to see what they would be looking out for. Um, so that's really interesting. So I've been on site at, at this uh, Barclays site uh, a few times in the last few weeks. Okay. And I've already been on another uh, site visit to Hull. Um, mm -hmm. That was in my literally in my second week. I'd like got put on that project as well. So it's okay. not all just office based. It is all really interesting. You get to actually see stuff in real life like at uni we might have just been learning the theory and you can actually see it uh practically yeah definitely and I think um I can imagine um that you know getting that practical experience is you know fantastic so go back to last night then so was that expected so you start your day yesterday morning did you know that that was going to happen last night or yeah was it like... <laughs> yeah I got told about it last week okay um, cool uh, yeah you don't get uh, put on <laughs> it that quickly yeah. <laughs> so in terms of then that experience um so you mentioned about putting it down as training time so what did you mean by that and yeah how does how does that work um so I think how it works is we get like a, an allotted amount of training time um <laughs> when you we have these things called timesheets and you fill it out um how many hours you're doing um and so uh you can when you're early in your career you're expected to do a, a more training than you would late, later on but okay. we have um, a really good training uh, system at Arup with like online modules and stuff um, as well as in-person things I'm doing a, a training course in London for a whole week um, that's coming up uh, in in November um, so that counts as well and we learn different aspects of what uh, what's to do with the job 
Okay. So how would you find these training programs then, Melissa? Are you kind of encouraged to find these, you know, in your own time on an internal system or do you kind of get presented them and say, right, would you like to go on this? Would you like to go on that? I think think it's a mix. So some are mandatory, like this course that we're doing next uh, month. Um, But then, um, for example, the Toronto Airport thing, that's quite niche, I'd say. Um, So I I know where the, the... we call it Moodle, the, co- uh, the hub is. And so I can go on there and look specifically for stuff relevant for my project, watch some videos and like learn how uh, how to do whatever task I've been assigned. Yeah. So then you would just then log that time. So then again, you could speak to your mentor about that. And um, yeah, how does it work with your mentor then, Melissa? How often do you check in with them? And yeah, what is the mentor really there for you? And, you know, what, what kind of conversations are you having with them? Uh, so my mentor for my chartership or my buddy, which one? Your buddy, you? sorry. My buddy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my buddy, it's, I, maybe just in my case, it's quite informal, but that's yeah. quite a good level for it to be. It helps me ease in quite, uh, quite quickly. Um, and that's um, so almost pastoral in my okay. case. So I'll just, uh, if I've got any questions about something like how, how do I print in the office? I'll ask him or something um and but he did uh we did have a check-in um the other day because that was sort of like a a month and a half in um and he was like just wanted to check up on on you um so it's quite an informal Mm. process but you know like they're there for that support if you need them yeah and when were you assigned that buddy then Melissa was that was you assigned that person before you started Mm -hmm. yeah um quite a bit before my team leader messaged me and uh, put me in contact with them and then we uh, arranged a visit to the office before the official start date so I could meet um, some of the team and get a sense of like where the office was what what the culture is like and just stuff like knowing how to get through the barriers (laughs) when you first get through the office like yeah yeah, and I think, um, you know, I'm sure Carla and Becky, you'll back me up on this, but Arabs, you know, kind of renowned now for having a good system in place. You know, once you've offered um, a student or a graduate position, you know, keeping in contact with them, making sure they feel comfortable. Um, again, just from the experience I've had with Arab in the past and speaking to you all, it seems as though you really do look after, um, you know, the student or the graduate once you've said yes to them. Um, and we're going to talk a bit about that a bit later on, aren't we, Carla? Yeah, what yeah. I've always liked about Arapu, it's it's kind of even before, like Melissa, you've just mentioned, it's before you start. So, mm. you know, if you've got the job, you know, you've, you're elated, you get excited, and then it's, oh, you might have a couple of months or even a year before you actually start. And it's good to have that link into Arap and yeah. to ask those the questions. I know about the barriers at Arap, I struggle with those. <laughs> um, don't suggest. Um, but it's, it's good to have that link in in that period of time as well, that, that support really. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to to feel like you know someone yeah. before you get to those barriers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So uh Jamvi, I'm gonna to come to you. Um, yeah, so a, a bit more about uh, a project or an experience so far that you've had at Arab. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of covered in what we're speaking about with projects, but as I was saying, with the kind of flexible structure in your first two years, uh one of the other things that they get um engineers to do is a manufacturer replacement um Mm. and that's basically when we're designing things day to day um we don't actually do the design of the equipment that we're installing we just specify what type of equipment we need um so 
those that that equipment is manufactured by someone else um and we're allowed to go and visit those factories and have a tour and like get a bit more of an insight into like how that design is actually done so that we can like understand fully exactly what it is that we're telling clients that they need um and yeah so I went on one in July went up to Leeds um for about four days and it was really nice met some other um electrical engineers from other offices around the UK as well who are also on the same placement um and yeah it's just nice to get an idea of like the bigger picture of what it is that you're putting onto a pdf drawing um how that's actually built and um and and why basically um so I think that was really interesting in terms of confidence, you know, if you think about, you know, working for a company like Arup, you know, you've kind of touched upon it there, John V. You, you as a company, I suppose, to know the answers or going to, you know, you're at the forefront of knowing the answer or, you know, giving your client the right information. Do you ever find that nerve wracking of having that confidence in yourself to make sure that you're giving the right answer and, you know, getting that technical knowledge yourself? Um, do you ever find it daunting? I think it is, especially initially, once you've done yeah. it, maybe one or two times, uh, you get a bit more used to it. But again, you're never doing it without support um, mm-hmm. and clients and also manufacturers. They're all kind of aware if you're slightly more junior, so they will be nice to you. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, in terms of my experience of client contact, I've I've not had to do it um, first off without okay. someone else in my team being there to support. So sometimes I'll have presented something, I'll get asked a question and my manager will, will respond with the answer because I wouldn't why I won't have prepared for that. Oh, um so yeah, you're you're kind of you're guided along the way and then when they feel like you're ready to to like do it by yourself, then they let you. Yeah. Um but yeah, you can always just ask for more support if you need it. It's really oh, not a problem. It's great as well, personal, like, you know, again, talking about that personal development, but yeah, imagine how much you've, you've come in the last 12 months in terms of having that confidence to speak out, you, you know, say those things that you might not have said at the beginning. Um, so in terms of um, being on site then, for you, Janvi, is that something that you've done a lot so far? Or was that for you a bit of a, a one-off experience going to the manufacturer site? Yeah, quite regularly. So manufacturer and client site. So manufacturer site, I've only done when I've been on specific placement, I think more because of like health and safety related to being in a factory. Um, But site placements, I've done quite a lot, Um, not for a long time, but just for like surveys or like visiting site. I did quite a few like what Melissa's done, where you just go and have a look at what someone else is working on just to to learn about what the systems actually look at, look look like um, and what you might be responsible for designing later. Uh, but on my specific projects, um, again, because a lot of them are office refurbishments in London, uh, it's a lot of retrofit. So you have to do a lot of site surveys to see what the existing system is, get a feel for the space, because it's not like you're building a building from nothing. You're not starting with a blank piece of paper. You're starting with an office building that is currently being used every day. Uh, mm-hmm. And you need to know how to design around that because there's still going to be people working in it um, while you're designing it. Um, So that's been really interesting, like going around and doing those surveys. Um, And I think every time you go, you'll learn something new uh, about, or like there'll be something that becomes a lot clearer, just that you didn't even realise you didn't understand before. Uh, So it's always really helpful going on site. I can imagine. So when you are on site then, would you typically kind of first beginning of the project spend quite a bit of time on site? Would you expect to almost be day to day, that's where you're going to be? And then once you've started to work out the end, is it not straightforward as that? It varies. I think because we're engineering consultants, a lot of what we do is like taking information that we've gathered on site and then spending a lot of time thinking about it and and designing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a project is split up into 
what they call like stages um, and they're like architectural stages. So what we do is we work from stages, I guess, zero to four. Uh, yeah. And like at the end of stage four, you've got a complete design that's ready to be installed. It's almost like the recipe has been produced. Uh, and then after that, we usually hand over to a contractor who will actually build it. Uh, so that at that stage, that's where we might be more involved on site in terms of checking that our recipe is being like cooked properly, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you'll, 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 you'll do what's called site snagging, which is like if, for example, as electrical engineers, we have cables that need to be installed a, a particular way. If we go on site, they haven't been installed properly. We then tell the contractor that they need to fix it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, at that point, we're a lot more involved in site. But before that, it's more just gathering information. So I'd say day to day life is still in the office um, working on the design, but you're still using what you've you've learned from site. At that point, you you know, it must be really nice to think that you have watched this kind of cycle happen. You've gone from one to four. You're at the point of doing the snag list. It must feel really, really good to look at these projects that you're working on. Again, with that interest and that passion of being sustainable as well, to know that you actually are starting on a project, but you're leaving it in a better place than, you know, where you started. I, I can imagine yeah. it's really quite fulfilling. Exactly. And I think as early careers, at least my experience has been, they like to keep you on a, lo- a project for quite a long time so that you yeah. see the bigger picture and you see it change. You don't just finish something and then never hear about it again. You you kind of get a bit more of a complete idea of what's going on, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. And then, yeah, and you, you go to work and think, I did that, you know, yeah. I, I make the, the, the world a better place, which is nice. So really, really good. So thanks, Janvi. Abdul, going to come to you. Um, similar question, a bit about um, the rotation of projects that you've been on so far, or maybe the most exciting one you've done. You've talked a lot about the automotive one, which I thought was really exciting. Um, any more? Oh, so I've also actually worked with on another team's project as well, um, uh, because I did aerospace. So this is the other thing that was, forgot to mention it's like we get hired for particular fields but if you have experience you actually get to work on projects that might align so there was um, one which looks at something that is called microclimate so Mm -hmm. when you build these large towers they have an impact on sort of the pedestrian conditions around um, around them so essentially what we do is we generate this environmental assessment report which tells the counselors and the planners of how safe it is how uh, what's the accessibility limits that people have around it that was one thing that I worked on which was a very unique kind of project at least for me because um, I didn't realize how important some that thing was and especially because one of the things I realized while working on it if it's done really well no one will know you did anything because it's yeah. really, it's like a very calm and nice place, but it's done really badly. Everyone notices it. That's so yeah. um, there's there's quite a few structures we worked on um, that, um, especially with large towers, you have to consider what the ground level conditions would be, especially if you have people cycling around it, et cetera. You don't want yeah. to cause accidents as such. So yeah, that was something else I worked on. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, what what projects were there? We'll have to say any names. If was there any particular buildings in? Um, I can't say names. Sorry, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Yeah. No, don't you worry. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. So in terms of um that particular project, then how long were you working on that project for? Sorry. 
so that project's in the design stage. So I've already oh. done three months and we actually have a meeting next Monday about it because the, I think that what Jan, we said, it's not like a one and done thing mm. um, as it, as work goes on, as designs develop into construction and into the actual final product, you're always sort of coming back into it again and again. So um, it's, it's going to be back, uh, back up again on Monday. So, yeah. And what, what do you, is it like, sorry, what do you think the life cycle is going to be like for this particular project? Do you think this will be something you'll be working on probably till this time next year as well, or is it going to be quite a short? Uh, well, um, as uh, I think it's uh, up to the construction phase. So as it's going through the design phases and going through all sort of all the iterations in it, um, mm-hmm. we sort of stick with it because if, at each design stage, something changes and we need to make sure that the building is built safe and it's accessible yeah. for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an iterative process. And I think, um, well, depending on how long the design phase lasts, it'll, it'll continue till then. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's no, fine. Super interesting. Um, next, I want to talk a bit about uh, the completion of the grad scheme, because um, before we actually went live, we talked a bit about, um, you know, the chance to travel internationally and, you know, across the UK. And <laughs> um, so, Jambi, I'm going to come to you because you said you might have some future plans and, you know, potentially where Arab could take you in the future. So, I know I, we won't hold you to it. Hopefully, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, what do you what are you thinking? What's the what what do you think the next next steps for you might be? Yeah, so um, they offer what's called long term assignments where um, you can go get a placement. It's, it's kind of a placement. It's more of a transfer temporarily um, to any of the other offices, which in Arab could basically take you anywhere in the world there's uh in the london office we have a lot from sydney um but people have gone to america you can go to europe canada um and the idea there is um you get to like work with a completely different team of people and often on completely different types of projects as well because you might be working in a different climate or not in a city and, and things like that um which i think would be really interesting and arab is very supportive of people doing that they help you if you've got visa applications that you need they give you a bit of a settling and allowance when you get there uh and they try and make it as smooth as possible. Um, so I think I definitely quite like to try that just as a, a less scary um, way of moving abroad because your job and a lot of things stay quite constant, um, but you're yeah. still able to experience life somewhere else, which yeah. I think would be really exciting. And exactly, what a chance to know that, you know, that you potentially could do that in the future, you know, at different stages of your career as well. So wherever a life may take you, which is is really exciting to think that. I think as well, I can imagine it almost makes you want to stay at Arup as well in the future because you think, well, you could have, you know, five or six different careers, mm-hmm. you know, across the next, say, 10 years. So mm-hmm. Really, really exciting. Um, Janvi, would just going back to your initial um interest in or in why you applied to Arab. So were you obviously at Oxford, you went to, went to Oxford University, you're now in London. Was it because you wanted to work in London or was the appeal for you that you know you could again travel across the UK in your grad program? To be completely honest, uh, mm-hmm. it was quite circumstance based. Oh, okay. um, so I, I grew up in London as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, there, there there was a vacancy in London and I applied for it and I was quite happy to have the consistency of where I lived, yeah. uh, at least for my first job. But um, definitely a big appeal of it was that you had these options and you have these opportunities and they made it very clear from even in the interview process. Um, especially coming from a general engineering background, applying for a specific uh, engineering role. Uh, They made it very clear that it was quite a fluid process. And if I came here and I didn't really like electrical engineering, which I actually didn't do much off at uni, 
yeah. then I could always switch into another discipline or transfer teams. They said it's very much up to you, the way you drive it. And I think that happening during the interview process really made me a lot more keen to get the job. Um, and uh, yeah, I was really happy when I did. Wow, that's pretty unique that as well, you know, how open RFI in terms of flexibility. So God, wow, that's incredible. So well done. In terms of taking the leap, then <laughs> you did it. So well done. Yeah. Um, so Arab, um, Arab, uh, Abdul, sorry, I'm going to come to you. Um, same kind of question. Um, have you got a five, 10 year plan? Oh, well, yeah. Um, so a lot of people from my team have actually, there are quite a few people who are on uh, long-term assignments in various different places. So uh, I know a few people have gone to Germany. There's some. Uh, there's there's two people in Canada. There's someone in uh, Los Angeles as well, and it's quite a unique opportunity as well because um, I know someone who was actually in the Manchester office who's gone to Canada to set up the team in the Canadian office in Toronto. Really? Yeah. Wow. So for me, that's just like one of the things like there's so many interesting projects going all around, and for me, it's like if I do get the opportunity to travel and work on something quite different and unique. So I'm always on the lookout for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, I think with my team, there's a, and I think with almost all of Arab, it's not just because you live in the UK, it's not just you can work on projects in the UK. Uh, I have people in the office who are working in projects from all the way from Albania to Colombia, and not just like commercial projects, there's so many different kinds of projects. Some of them look at sustainable housing, um, others look at sort of, developing water infrastructure for vulnerable communities there's like um there's so much going on and like it's sometimes a bit overwhelming but then um there's always nice it's not also like oh if you're a graduate then you have opportunities once you're not it's not it's like people who decide 10 years down the line okay i want to have a switch they've done it they've switched yeah. from one yeah. team to another they've gone to a different location to work like someone's gone to like i said german office that was not while they were grad that was sort of 10 years after they were done with being a grad mm. so it's uh arab really does invest in you and one of the things that's really striking to me is like everyone i work with from my development manager to a lot of my uh project managers they've been at arab for like closing on 15 20 years and from the start of their career so they were once upon a time grads in the in the offices and they all of them have those stories. So it's like Arab really invests in you as a company and uh, they really help you do what you want. Yeah. Do you know, and again, it's nice to know that you're working with people that have been at the company for that long. To say, I mean, it gives you that inspiration that if they're staying here, you know, obviously the company hasn't changed that much. You know, they're, you know, they're staying for the right reasons, aren't they? Um, So it's nice to know that potentially you could have your full career Arab Mm -hmm. but experienced so many different things and almost feel like you're having like I say five six different careers it's exciting super exciting Um, there's someone I was working with um, on the the project and the wind project who's been at Arab for 40 plus years since like the uh, 80s like um, they were there as pre-university then after university and they're still here so just like there's a lot of wealth of experience to go around as well. I wonder that, what the average um, is. Can sorry, I I just on that, um, the project I'm working on at the moment, my manager on it um, built it, uh, or like d- did the initial concept design for, <laughs> really? for building it really? as a grad <laughs> and is now like the senior engineer on it. And like I'm his equivalent of what he was oh when it was first God. built for, yeah. for retrofitting it. So yeah, people definitely stick around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How amazing <laughs> is that? 
that is absolutely incredible and again I think as well again working with people like that because their experience and their knowledge that they'll have you know again working on a project that they with so you've got yeah. all the answers in front of you. it must be really exactly. exciting to work with those kind of people yeah um Melissa I'm going to come to you sorry love I don't need to feel left out it's just with you being so new um wants to talk a bit about extracurricular activities if that's okay and you know as an early grad have you experienced anything yet that you know that has helped you to get to know other grads or experience something outside of your role so far yeah yeah so definitely like straight away so in my intake there were about 35 of us in grads industrial placement students and apprentices and immediately we had like organized early careers socials and stuff and that's food it can be like uh, an actual event uh we we've started to do stuff like badminton after work and stuff like that um and then within my team we'll have socials as well um so it's all yeah outside of work still really social yeah which is so nice again it just gives you a good idea of what the the business is like that you're trying to get everyone together and network and and um, really group together Janvi Abdul have you got anything to add to that of any particular experiences that you guys have had yeah yeah, um, was, uh, yeah go for uh, sorry, go ahead. sorry that was my phone <laughs> no, um yeah especially in London um at least I can talk um from my experience there's a lot of like sports clubs um so uh, I've been involved in like the climbing club, um, which is a very expensive thing to do in London normally. Um, but Arup like subsidizes um the entry costs so you can go for a much more reasonable rate. Um and then yeah, there's like all kinds of sports clubs. There's like football, netball, lacrosse, like hockey. Basically, like if you want to do a sport, you can like set up a group um and do it. Uh, it feels very much like uni in that sense where you've got the freedom to just like find people who want to do it together and then you can usually get a bit of funding to help you out as well. Really good stuff. Sorry, Abdul, would you want to add to that as well? Yeah, um, so like Melissa mentioned um, that there's a badminton. So that wasn't actually there before. That was just set up by the new grad intake because we all wanted to try and uh, try and learn badminton. So like I said, it's, a, it's not an overly strict process. Uh, we're talking about 4th September we all sort of, they all sort of joined. And then within the next two weeks, we already had like a badminton sort of on every Thursday. Um, last week we had a board games night on Thursday. Oh, and I th- today we, we, today also we have, um, we have drag bingo. Uh, so bingo. it's, yeah. All uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's almost like every Thursday or Friday, there's something going on. It's and if you take the initiative, there's always Arab will always try and subsidize everything for you. It's almost mm. a very, it's a very, very social environment. Mm, definitely. I want to quickly ask about training. Um, we've talked a lot about training already, but is there a particular mm. training experience that someone's had so far that maybe they want to make the point before I hand back to Carla? Because I know we want to talk about the application process next, but anything? it's quite nice when you do your um placements where you get to travel just an added bonus is you've got like um meals and hotels paid for which can be quite a nice luxury <laughs> um but yeah the actual I think just like traveling and like getting to experience what Arab does outside of just what we do in the office is, is always really fun so yeah. I would take any opportunity to do that there you are take the opportunity it's there yeah. you just need to take it and back to you Kala thanks John V Abdul, you didn't mention the Christmas party. I know. Uh, live, live. Come on, we're going to hold you to this now. So you're, you're planning the Christmas party in 
just oh, shot at two months. <laughs> oh yeah, it's in Manchester. Um, oh, that's I'm, I'm not designed. This really put me on the spot here. But yeah, so Pressure's on. yeah, so we they we do have a lot of Christmas parties. Um, oh, this the we have like a really big office one, which we are going to have. in cloud 23 if anyone is in manchester and knows what that is which is a really really fancy one and then i'm going to design a uh, not design not design i'm going to organize one which is going to be really really bad in comparison but <laughs> but it's, there's free food and people always love free food It isn't. It's going to be absolutely perfect. I've got all my faith in you. And so thank you, everybody. Some really interesting experiences from all the grads who found the roles on GradCracker. So what we're going to do now is um, me and Becca are going to speak about the application process. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the webinar, all of the opportunities are currently listed on the Arab Hub on GradCracker. And um, so make sure you go and have a look at them, thoroughly read um, the job descriptions before you click apply at the bottom of the job description. Once you click apply, Becca, what's next in the process? Sure. So um, apply via the Greg Cracker Arab Pub and um, you speak to the application form. So there is essentially three stages. Um, so application process, um, application form, sorry, online testing, and then if selected, the assessment centre. Um, and the assessment centre is the final stage before a decision is made. So um, apply on GradCracker, you'll be asked about your uh, motivations for the role, mm -hmm. of course, um, for Arup, what you're passionate about, and there'll be full guidance on what you're looking for, um, so what we are looking for you to cover in your answers. Um, and then we've also got the online testing. So it's essentially aptitude testing. Um, and why do we use these testing um, methods? It's a fair way of assessing different candidates' uh, strengths, regardless of educational background. Um, so it's more like a blended assessment, which will cover numerical, verbal and logical reasoning. Um, and it's essentially um, assessing your suitability to work in the workplace. Um, it's nothing too tricky. Um, and we do provide a, a candidate preparation hub. Um, so you'll receive a link to that where you can practice your tests as many times as you like um, before setting the real thing. Um, so if you pass those tests, you'll then reach um, a shortlist um, and then the hiring teams will choose which candidates they want to see at the, the virtual assessment centre based on the application answers. So just very quickly going back to uh, the application process, um, this is this is your time to shine uh, as much as possible. Um, so this is your final um, say, I guess, in, in the application before you um, actually reach the, the shortlisting stage. Um, so obviously be succinct, but try and don't be modest, like tell us about everything that you're great at, um, what you're passionate about, why why you're particularly passionate about the role. Um, we're not expecting you to have all the technical knowledge, um, but do kind of, you know, reach into what you've learned at university, extracurricular activities, things like that. Um, and one more thing I wanted to cover just on the application process is you um, can only apply for one um, vacancy at a time. Now, you can have one active vacancy. Now, that's not to say that you can't start an application and think, actually, I've researched another role. I think that's perhaps more for me. That's absolutely fine. You just let us know, withdraw the application, and then begin the application uh, process for the for the other role. Um, but you can't have any more than one active application. Right. That's really, really important. So that it goes back to even more so making sure you do your research, making sure you read the job descriptions, look at the employee profiles on GradCracker and see what you could be doing in a couple of years time. So good point there, Becca. And to be successful, then what, what top tips would you give students um, who are thinking about applying?
Um, I would say um, it can be it can be a nerve wracking process, but just be honest yeah. and open um, about yeah. your skills. As I said, there's no need to be modest. Um, it's your time to shine. Tell us what you're passionate about um, throughout the whole process. Um, do your research. Um, and if you get to assessment centre stage, try not to let nerves get the better of you. So um, it might seem super scary, but our assessors, essentially hiring managers and potentially your future uh, colleagues, um, we just want to get to know you um, yeah. want to know, you know, what makes you tick and why you've chosen Arup. Um, and a lot of the, the interview process is informal as well. It's really kind of just getting to know each other. Um, so I guess try and relax <laughs> as much as possible yeah. and be yourself throughout the process. Definitely. Thank you. And Melissa, you've just recently gone through the process. So what would be your your top tips to students who are thinking about applying? Um, I'd say look at the projects Arup have done. So this is what yeah. I did. I looked at what we've done. And for example, I'm like a big sports fan. So I was like looking at the stadiums we've designed and stuff and yeah. uh, like related that back to my interest and then can relate it back to how I've played team sports and how I can work in a team. Um, so relate it all back to that. And yeah. um, and just now I've just worked on a small power assessment for the Women's Rugby World Cup, looking at the stadiums for that. Oh, so yeah. it's all it's all really relevant. Um, yeah. And like Becca just said, the assessment centre, I, I get quite nervous, but honestly, it was just like a chat. It was it was almost a fun experience. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. and, and how would you suggest students prepare for their first day at Arab? Um, so like we were saying before, they start the process way before day one. I think yeah. it was like 12 weeks before. Every week we got um, uh, got information about how the company runs, uh, videos mm -hmm. from current employees and stuff to read through. And uh, they do office visits. So it's all sort of you're guided through it. You don't really have to prepare. Uh, just yeah. show up and be ready to learn. Yeah, and I suppose it's all about asking questions, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So in a lead-up, if you have got any queries, questions, concerns, then you do have your buddy and you do have the recruitment team there that you can go back to. And so what I'm going to do now is finish off with a quick fire round about your favourite thing at working with for Arup. And Marissa, I'm going to stay with you. Tell us about your favourite thing. Um, my favourite thing is probably the people. So like I said before, we uh, my graduate intake was 35 us, and we've all gotten really well. Um, so we've got a social tonight and then tomorrow one of the grads is having a, a flat party uh, for Halloween so like that's sort of like external from work like not organized so we've all got on really well um, so yeah perfect people is always a good one Jambi I think yeah it's still focused on the people, people. I think we can't yeah. like stress that enough it, it is really just like a good nice atmosphere here um, I think on that note diversity wise uh, Arab does quite well compared to their like competitors and stuff or our competitors rather um, and yeah as a woman like you don't really feel like you're disadvantaged or anything um, which is quite a, a nice expectation to have. Perfect thanks Jambi. Abdul you're on mute my love. Sorry but yeah um, uh, I was gonna say it's the same thing as just the people the people who work at Arab are all very really supportive uh, especially I think uh, this is something I should have mentioned earlier but I think the first first week of work I was struggling with something and people were like oh message this person who's like a director and he oh, took wow. the time out of his day spent like an hour trying to explain this thing to me so it's just like uh, can't really stress enough how nice the people are here at Arab. Yeah. well that's definitely come across in this webinar and um, Becca anything else that you want to add 
touch um, other people. <laughs> yeah, just just to echo that, it's a real community feel, um, yeah. and you can pick up the phone to anyone, um, even if you've never spoken to them before, and it will feel like you've known each other for for ages. Everyone is super helpful. Um, yeah. so I guess collaboration probably yeah. in the people. Perfect, absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today on this Arab webinar. And don't forget, go and apply um, for their opportunities. Go follow and go and do your research. You can only apply to that one opportunity. And um, so, good luck when you do put your applications in. Next week, me and Jess are joined by the Science and Technology Facilities Council. So we're looking forward to seeing you all next Thursday. But for now, thanks very much, Arab. Good luck, everybody, and see you all next week. Thank you, everyone. Thank bye you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.